The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Why did he use that word? God goes to extreme measures to bring the loss to himself. The greatest gift you will ever give this world is your intimacy with God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three inside of me. I've got the power right now. I think what Jesus really wants is people to go. I want to be the answer to Jesus' prayer request. Welcome to the Fuel for the Harvest podcast. When this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, then shall the end come. Hey everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. This is Charlie, and uh, I have Melissa joining us again. So we'll be your host for today here from Forge, and really excited. Uh, Melissa, would you introduce our guest and launch us out today? Absolutely. What an honor again to be here and to have a friend, Jamie Klusacek, with us today. Jamie has been a friend of mine for over 20 years, and um, she is a child of God. She's a wife. She's a mother to some beautiful girls, and she's an author. She's a teacher. She's a worship leader. She's a speaker. She runs after the heart of God. So, Jamie, we're excited to have you here with us today. I'm so excited to be here. I can't wait. Oh, well, welcome. Well, I don't want to take too long. I want to go ahead and get started. You have some fresh new books that are hot off the press. And Jamie, one of the things that I absolutely love about you is you, since the moment I met you, you have taken time to chase after the heart of God each and every day. You set time aside um, to seek God early in the mornings and you're a prayer warrior and you're obedient. When you hear God, you're obedient to follow him. And so I just want to talk with you a little bit um, about that journey. Just start us off and tell us what does it look like for you as um, as you chase God daily and seek God for what he has for your life? Oh, wow. What a loaded question. Um, I'm trying not to cry because I love you so much, Melissa. Goodness gracious. So yeah, we've been friends for a really, really long time. And um, God is just so good to intertwine our paths again together. Um, I would say seeking the Lord and putting him first, um, you know, your quiet time, things like that. It is definitely morphed over the years. So I can remember, you know, being a teenager and encountering Jesus at a young age. And it was like, my life was transformed. So I can remember coming home from school every day. I've never really been a morning person. So I'd come home from school and I'd lay on my bed and I would just read the Bible. Like, um, and then I would pray and I would just read like chapter after chapter and it was just coming alive, you know? So there's that season. And then you know, in college, I remember I would set time aside and I'd spend, you know, an hour a day. I was doing this experiencing God devotional um, by, I believe, Henry Blackaby. Anyways, it was amazing. And I would spend time in the dorm and it was awesome. And then, you know, you get married and um, things change a little bit, right? You have someone else living in the house with you. So, you don't necessarily have the same amount of quiet time that you had. So you have to like really prioritize it. So there was that season and then kids came along <laughs> and I have four daughters. So they would come like every two years. And then between my four, I lost two. So I was like pregnant six times within nine years. It was just crazy. And I can literally remember one time being before the Lord and saying, 
I was just mad. I was mad because I felt like my family was robbing my quiet time. Um, I, when you have a kid and you're nursing and you're taking care of kids, it's like, I'm not waking up at 4.30 in the morning intentionally. Um, some people, you might be totally into that. But me, you know, going to bed at like 10 at night after the last time you nursed them and then, you know, waking up in the middle of the night and then having to wake up in the morning, it's like you're sleep deprived. And I remember just almost mourning my time with the Lord um, that it wasn't what it used to be. And I just remember God being so sweet in that season. There's a verse um, in Isaiah that talks about how God is going to take the mothers with their young and he's going to lead them, gently lead them. And I remember God speaking to my heart, like, I'm not trying to drive you through this season, Jamie. I want you to enjoy me even in the season. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do what I can, Lord, to seek you. And so I remember I would set, and I still do this. I did this yesterday. It's just a habit. But I would set a timer on the microwave clock, and it would be my prayer time. And I would just tell my kids, kids, mommy is taking the next 30 minutes to pray. Now, if you need something, you can ask me when the timer goes off. But until the timer goes off, this is mommy's time. And I would just walk around the house and I would pray out loud because I couldn't pray quietly. There was too much going on. Like I needed to talk to God. So I'd set that 30 minutes and all the kids would know mommy is, you know, praying. And so, you know, from that to now I have teenagers, middle schoolers, you know, high schoolers, middle schoolers, and one in elementary um, the time is getting a little bit more breathable. So when they go to school, that's when I spend time with the Lord. But I think got all that to say, like, God knows your heart mm -hmm. and my time with him has not looked the same over the years, but my passion and my love for him mm -hmm. has remained unmovable. And I think God is so gracious, whatever season you're in to be able to meet you there and to lead you gently. So that would be like, that would be a download on my time with Jesus right now. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's so important for us mothers to hear or women that stay home um, yeah. or women that are also moms and are also in the workplace right. and doing many different things. And, and how do you find that time? I love hearing how it's changed through the mm -hmm. years. Um, and just strategic ways that you've done that. How? Tell us a little bit about um, when God first put um, this first book on your heart, um, Just Be. And so when did you know that you know that God was speaking you speaking to you yeah. about that and that you had to be obedient to move forward with it? Yeah, and please, uh -huh. and please tell us a little bit, what is this book Just Be about? Um, okay. We'd love to hear, hear all of it. Oh, what a story. You know, I think that there's moments in life where you just have some real God encounters and those those moments, you know, besides your daily walk with him, those moments really they they shape you. They really do whether you say yes or whether you say no. God is so gracious either way, but um they really shape you. So this was one of those shaping mo moments. So Melissa, God spoke to me about writing just be um, when we, when we were what, maybe you're like four or five of the church plant. So, um, and before that I had published a book. So writing was always on my heart. I majored in English literature. 
I wanted to teach English as a second language on the mission field. My husband's from the Czech Republic. He was a foreign exchange student. So all of that, um, you know, I think God puts things in your heart and you don't know how he'll work them out a decade, two decades later, but you just trust that you're walking obediently with him in that season. So I published my first book right before we moved here. <laughs> and there's, for all of you aspiring authors right out there, you know, you're worried about things. Are there going to be typos? Are there going to be, well, I did the ultimate boo-boo with my first book. There is a typo on the cover. You, I mean, a typo in chapter five, fine, but a typo on the cover of your book. So just so you know, like, just take the pressure off. I've already done it. Um, I've already messed up a ton. So I, we moved here to help launch a church. So I, I published that before I came. Um, and then we moved here to help launch a church. And you know, those first, <laughs> those first years, no one can prepare you for what a church plant is. I mean, in the best sense of the word, um, it's amazing. It's faith building. It's like you're in the fiery furnace and God's purifying every single aspect of who you are and making sure that he's the primary thing. And so, you know, about year five, maybe four, I felt God stirring in my heart to write. And I honestly, I just kept telling him no. And here's why. I was too busy. I was homeschooling my kids um, full time and I had four. I just had had um, a newborn. My, my husband was working like multiple jobs. We moved here to launch a church. We didn't know anyone. It was portable for the first nine years. So we're in the middle of that. I just, I could not fathom putting one more thing on my plate. And I was already, Melissa remembers this because I remember calling her crying on my staircase. I was already stressed out like max capacity. And I was already trying to pray through that. God, why am I stressed out all the time? You know, Lord, help me manage my, my time better. And then God's in there and he's like, I want you to start writing. And I'm just like, I can't. And there were so many reasons for that. Reasons why I said no, um, would be, I had too much that I was doing. And then honestly, I didn't know where it fits in ministry. So this is just me being really open and vulnerable being on staff at a church, like I wanted to give, you know, all that I had to that position. I wanted to support the vision. And now here, I feel like God's asking me to write. And it's not about worship, which is what I was leading. It's about, well, it's about a lifestyle of worship maybe, but it just, where does that fit? How do I fit that in God? And, and, and how, how do I do this honorably? All of those questions, I hadn't seen it done in the past. And so, you know, that was another question. How do I do this? And I think you get to a point with the Holy Spirit where he says inevitably to all of us at some point, I don't need you to understand the how. I just need you to, to, to respond obediently and let me take care of the house. So you don't need to understand yeah. 10 steps down the road. All you need to know is this first step. So Oh, I say, God, I need handwriting on the wall for this. Like, I cannot just do this because it's just a desire. Um, my desires are fleeting. Sometimes they're of the Lord. Sometimes they're of me. So God, I need you to write on the wall um, with this. And I prayed about it for about a year. Um, and then one week, uh, the Holy Spirit was just so unrelenting. And finally, I just said, God, 
I need you to like really speak to me. I'm not talking about a sense in my heart. I'm not talking about someone else saying you're such a gifted writer or communicator. I need a word from God. Like I needed a word from God to move to Denver. I need a word from God for this. So it was the same day. I believe I went to sleep that night and I don't have Jesus dreams. And when I went to bed, God was in my dream and it was Jesus, just me and Jesus standing there. And he said, when you wake up, I want you to remember Jeremiah 1, 9. I said, okay, okay, Lord. And he said, no, Jamie, when you wake up, I want you to remember Jeremiah 1, 9. And I said, yes, Lord. Okay. I will remember. And he said, no, no, no. When you wake up, I want you to remember Jeremiah 1, 9, three times. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll remember. And I woke up, it was like 2 a.m. And I was exhausted because I have little kids. And so I wrote it on a piece of paper next to my nightstand, woke up, and I remembered that dream with such clarity. And there's the, the verse on my nightstand. And I took the kids to school and I came home and I was scared. I was scared to open my Bible and see what it meant. I didn't know what it said. I thought it could be about tithing. It could be like, you're such a sinner. You need to repent. Like, who knows? So I came up with a backup plan, right? Like the only normal thing to do would be that God misspoke in my dream. And he meant Joshua 1.9 because I knew what Joshua 1.9 said, be strong and courageous. So I'm like, okay, I have my backup plan. And um, I sat before the Lord and I opened my Bible and I actually have it here. Open my Bible to Jeremiah 1 9 and it says this. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my mouth, my words in your mouth. Hmm. And I haven't questioned my writing journey since then. Hmm. Um, it's been difficult, but I haven't questioned it. So I started writing right after that. The inspiration from the book came from, we worked with teenagers forever, Melissa, like hundreds and hundreds of teenagers. Um, and I can remember a girl here sitting in my living room and she was just crying and crying. And she said, I just don't know what God's purpose is for me. What if I get it wrong? Like, what if I pick the wrong major? What if I make the wrong decision? And I remember looking her in the eyes and saying, girls, you know, sweetheart, what God is doing in you, your character matters so much more than what you do. So all you need to do is just allow God to develop you into the woman of integrity and character that he wants you to be. And trust me, everywhere you go, God's going to open up doors for you to minister to him. So it doesn't really matter what necessarily what you're doing it matters more who you are. And so that's what just be is about. It's about um, that your character and who you are matters more than what you do. And that was the first, the first book. Uh, Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that's powerful. And uh, I think of all these characters throughout scripture that God called to communicate somehow. And they're like, no, 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 I can't do that. Like I, I stutter. I don't have the right words, but God's like, no, I'm going to anoint your lips. I'm going to call you. You're going to do this. I'll put my word in your mouth and you will proclaim it and uh, how God has done that through you. And then that title really struck me just be um, because of a prayer time I had with my wife at one point. 
um, uh, you know, one preacher has said that uh, he believes uh, marriage is more about your holiness than your happiness. I actually Ooh. think it's about both, mm -hmm. um, but we sharpen each other, right? Yeah. And uh, so it goes goes both ways. Um, I'm sharpened, she's sharpened. And so in one of these particular conversations, um, I noticed this pattern. I said, hey, uh, it kind of seems like with new groups of people, you have this anxiousness well up. We probably should pray about that. And so we had this prayer time, God, what is yeah. the root of this? What's the cause of this? We have no idea. And um, he brought this memory to her as we were praying. And she's like, oh, I just had this memory. So the memory was she was a young girl in the car. And she also grew up in ministry, parents support raising, kind of like missionaries would do. Yeah. And as any good parent would say, hey, be on your best behavior for this meeting. They're on their way to a very important meeting. Like, come on, put it together. Be on your best behavior. Yeah. I would say that to my kids. Any good parent would say that. They're not going to like, yeah. just run free and ruin everything. Um, <clears throat> no, come on, guys. So uh. then the enemy whispered this lie in this moment. This was revealed in this prayer time. Mm -hmm. If I don't perform perfectly, then God won't provide for our needs. Um, and it was this just lie that whispered. Um, and so we rebuked that lie and said, God, what is your truth that you want to reveal in this? And you know what phrase came to her mind? Just, You're going to tell me. Just ah! me. <laughs> so when I saw that book title, I said, what? I don't know anybody else that said that. And what is that? Just be yourself. Just be who God's calling you to be. Fulfill what he's asked you to become. Yes, not, exactly. Not the expectations that everyone else would put on your shoulders around you. And um, so I love that that title uh, makes me want to make sure I get a copy online and uh, give it to my wife. Maybe she'll get it before she listens to this episode. Uh, oh <laughs> so, my goodness. Uh, really powerful topic. And um, you said a lot of things uh, uh, leading up to that. So you guys moved out to Denver, Colorado for mm -hmm. a trip. Um, how many years are you have you been here for now? Oh goodness! This year it'll be eleven. Hey, right? This year it'll be eleven. Long so obedience <laughs> in the same direction. Um, well, praise God for that. Hey, I want to ask you as well on something else you hit on because uh, you mentioned time with God as a parent and how difficult that could be, and even what you said there reminds me of a Pharisee mindset versus the heart of Jesus in the midst mm -hmm. of it. And they cared more about. The specific day and the spit and this and that and all these make sure every t is crossed and and yeah. then it's like okay there's jesus disciples out picking grains on the sabbath and they're all upset about it and he's like wasn't this like made for you guys not you for the sabbath um yeah flips it on its head so even the heart of jesus as you share that but you mentioned and the unimaginable difficulty of of having kids and losing kids and mm -hmm. What, for those listening, how did you engage that and get to the other side in the midst of that difficulty? And I wonder, I don't know, I wonder if that also might relate to your book titles of Just Be or this newer one that I saw, The Courage to Walk. Yeah, uh, We all want to live a courageous life before God, you say in this description, to make a difference in the lives of others. So join Jamie as she uncovers and redefines what true mm -hmm. courage, how you can embrace a truly courageous mm -hmm. Maybe it's it's a, a different direction there, but um, I'd love to hear more on those difficulties you faced. How did you engage that and get to the other side? 
Wow. Um, the losing, the losing children. So I talked a little bit about just um, making sure that, I mean, your time with Jesus morphs, you know, as, as a believer and you're right, it's more about the heart. I would say as a firstborn, like three on the Enneagram, very performer oriented, um, like very competitive as well. I, that is something that God's having to curve in me. You know, um, I even asked myself, you know, if I was in Jesus's day, would I be a disciple or would I be a Pharisee? And sometimes I don't like the answer to that one. Um, and so God is just working in my heart to just release, 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 hold, hold the assignment. The only thing that I'm called to cling to is my calling. And my calling is actually a relationship with God. My assignment though, changes with every season. And sometimes I think I get it wrong when I cling to my assignment as if it's my calling, mm -hmm. when I'm only called to my relationship with God and I release my calling, my relationship with God to cling to my assignment as if that's where my identity is found. And so God is still working in that, that in me, even, even now through every season. And so the losing, the losing children, you know, one, the first one I lost was at 13 weeks and Melissa was there for that as well. <laughs> I believe she even came to the hospital with me. Um, that one was tough. It was really tough um, because you're praying for the Lord. God can do anything. And I still believe he can do anything, but you're praying for God to heal and save, you know, your child and, and you still end up losing it. And I can remember waking up, you know, from having my DNC after um, just waking up in the hospital bed and no one was there, just me. And I just remember weeping, you know, I was just, I had already imagined this baby. It was the boy. All the ones I lost were boys because I have four girls. So we like, we're just saying that they're boys. <laughs> um, but um, I remember just, going down to my basement every day for probably about a month after that. And just, I would just cry before the Lord and just say, why Lord, why? Until I realized I don't need to understand the why of everything that happens to me. I just need to trust that God is a good God and that he will work even through my heartache. As much as my victories, he works even more through my valleys and I can say in retrospect that I've never felt God closer than in the darkest valleys of my life. Like his presence is there. His voice is extremely clear. Um, and those are seasons that I've learned to cherish um, rather than despise, you know, rather than wish. Oh, I wish this, this wouldn't have happened. Um, and then I went through it again, you know. We were on a trip down the Amazon. I was pregnant. Um, and as soon as I came back, I lost that baby, had to do another DNC. And so um, walking through that twice, you know, man, it was, it was tough. But God's presence was really real. And he heals you if you allow him to. And I think um, part of the reason why we don't heal well is because we try to brush through the difficulty and the heartache 
and we don't really want to confront it because it's painful and we don't want to bring it before the Lord because it hurts. We'd rather ignore it and walk right through and pretend as if it never happened. And that's just never the way God heals ever. Like pretending that it didn't happen isn't how God heals. God heals as we open up our lives to him and we allow him to deal with not only the great things, but also the painful things, the way we responded poorly, um, the heartaches that we couldn't control. And so um, that has just been, man, that's just life. Hmm. You know, to think that you're going to go through life and not experience heartaches, that's not life in this world. When we get to heaven, it'll be awesome. But here there's going to be heartbreaks. We're sinful as well. And so we just walk through some things that you don't imagine. But God is so present in those times. Um, so that's a little bit about that. I can keep talking. Oh, that's good. That's uh, uh, really powerful. Um, I, I've experienced similarly some of the hardest, darkest times and things that I've faced in life. Mm -hmm. Um God's presence and voice have been very powerful um, in the midst of that. And that's what has compelled me to get through, mm -hmm. to keep going, to have peace mm -hmm. and joy, even in the midst of the darkness and the difficulty and the suffering. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the message in the book of Job. Um, oh, yeah. After all his suffering, after everything he lost, everything he went through, and this one phrase at the end of Job, before I knew of you, but now I've seen you with my own eyes. Yeah. In the midst of his suffering, he experienced an up-close uh, intimacy with the living God mm -hmm. unlike he had ever experienced before. And I wonder if um, in the midst of our darkness and suffering, because mm -hmm. of the simple, broken, fallen world, uh, in the midst of that, God invites us to an up-close relationship with him unlike we've experienced in other times. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I'm hearing over and over with you, Jamie, is just your intimacy with the Lord and what is outpouring and an overflow out of that time um, as you spend time with God. You know, it's our mission at Forge to raise up more kingdom laborers and to really train and equip them to have that intimate relationship with God. And yeah. I see that's you're cultivating that each and every day, even in the hard, even in the ugly, even in the messy, the highs and the lows, mm -hmm. the mountaintops and the valleys, no matter what the season holds, you continue to press into God. And mm -hmm. And then the overflow that comes out of that, like I, I'm hearing you say over and over, like you're, we have a book at Forge called um, Date Alone with God and really being intentional to have date days with God. And yeah. you do that over and over. Mm -hmm. And out of the overflow of that, one of the things we say too at the ministry is to really see people stop and spend time with them. And, mm -hmm. you know, just hearing your passion and having teenagers in your living room crying and like, what's God's mm -hmm. purpose for my life? And, you know, you just seeing and spending time with them and really being able to minister to others out of your overflow and mm -hmm. out of time with the Lord. It's, it's encouraging and it's challenging for all of us to continue to have that intimacy with the Lord. Well, let's, um, let's have you tell us a little bit about your second book, Courage to Walk. And um, it sounds like you are just continually writing. God gave you a word and you're writing and you're being faithful just to yep. continue to do that. But tell us about the second book, Courage to Walk. Oh, okay. Second book, Courage to Walk. Um, first of all, I think both books, either book would just be a blessing to really anyone's heart. Um, they're made to be table readers. So um, 
my husband's a graphic designer and we really not only want the content to be biblically accurate and inspiring, vulnerable, all of that, but we want like when you look at it to it be to, for it to be inspiring too, you know? Um, and that's just, that's just what it is because I like pictures. So um, courage to walk. Uh, I wish that God didn't have to take you through serious things like, um, like pressurize you in a pressure cooker. Mm -hmm. I wish he didn't have to do that to get the sweetest aroma out of you. <laughs> Um, the purest form of like God's fragrance out of you. But honestly, both books are what I walked through. So one, God was dealing with my character, not what I did. Um, and that's what really matters. And then the second one is actually taken out of, it's called Courage to Walk because it takes, sometimes it takes more courage to walk than it does to fight. And it is a book taken out of Joshua, um, when Joshua enters into the promised land and they've been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years, I mean, Joshua was a fighter. And so there were some battles in the wilderness that he fought. It was amazing. He had been preparing for this for 40 years because he went into the wilderness. Remember? And he said, initially, I think it's numbers 13. And he said, we are more than able because God's on our side. Let's take this. And then all the other, you know, people, they said, Oh, except for Caleb. Oh, we can't do it. The giants are too big. So then he's stuck in the wilderness 40 years, finally gets into the promised land 40 years later. Um, and he's in his first battle, like ready to fight. Like, come on. I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. This is what I have trained to do. They're facing the walls of Jericho and God appears to him and says, I don't want you to fight this one. I want you to walk around the walls. And I don't know about you, but for me, like if God came to me and he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to walk. But I had been training 40 years for this moment to fight. I think that it took more courage for Joshua to respond obediently to the Lord and to walk around those walls than it would have taken for him to just wow. go in, you know, swords ablazing and fight because that's what he was prepared to do. And how, so the, the basis of the book is that true courage is just two things. So simple. It's believing God and responding in obedience. That's mm -hmm. it. Like you, if you strip it down to its, its basic level, it's believing God and responding in obedience. So when God says walk, even though you want to fight, you walk. Yeah. When God says rest, even though you want to run, you rest. Yeah. When God says run and you want to lay down, you run when God says, write, And you don't want to do it. You write. Um, and so I go through the book and just talk about different ways of that. God has even dealt with me and throughout the scriptures of being courageous and how really, especially in this society, um, I pray that it turns, but I feel like predominantly we live in a marginless society everyone there's always something new to do something more to attain something more and um i believe that the life god calls us to live is one of godly heavenly pace where we are leaning into the heart of god and saying god what do you have for this season this is what i could do to get ahead this is what i could do to make a name for myself but god what do you want me to do in this season and so you know that takes courage and it took courage for me. I'm still walking through this. Like God is, is, um, has asked me to release some things that 
I never wanted to release. The way I pray before the Lord is God, just give me a greater capacity to do everything that I want to do. <laughs> like I'll do what you want to do, but I want to do what I want to do too. So give me enough capacity so that I can do them both, Jesus. And I feel the tender, amazing voice of the Holy Spirit as he's been dealing with me over the years, just saying, I will give you the strength to do what I've called you to do, but those other things that you want to do, you've got to lay down. And you've got to trust me with those things. And that might not be the right season for those things. So I want you to take up what I've called you to do. And that has taken so much courage. I feel like, God, can I even, like, I'm learning to walk again with you. Like, I'm, I feel like a baby, wobbly legs, like trying to believe you in faith. But that's the journey of faith. And that's true courage. And so... I'm walking it out in fear and trembling before the Lord and just laying everything before him. So that's a little bit about that book. I'm I'm excited on that topic. That sounds also so powerful. And mm -hmm. I think a needed message in our day and age as well. Um, and it sounds like as I hear you talking that two keys to this courageous living are surrender and obedience. Um, yep. Laying down and saying, okay, God, I will follow. I will obey. and I think those are also keys to um, avoiding burnout as well. Mm -hmm. um, as you talk about God saying, lay these down, pick these things up. Uh, sometimes I think there's this lie that uh, burnout is just doing, like avoiding it is just doing less. But actually it's act surrender and obedience. It's doing yeah. what God wants to do. Because it might be at times he says, do more. And the yep. Holy Spirit will empower us to do more because you can look at people who you go, how did they get that done in their <laughs> life and never burn out and be faithful yeah. to the call of God on their life to the very end and others who did burn out. And I think the key is what you're talking about here. Mm -hmm. It's surrender and obedience because the Spirit of God will empower us to do what he wants us to do. Uh, but we have to surrender and obey. And if we don't, uh, well not good. <laughs> <laughs> not good. Right. I, I agree 150%. I think, you know, for uh, those of us who are believers who, you know, we've been, we just love the Lord and we're serving him. Um, I find it hardest to surrender the good things to the Lord. It's not like I'm surrendering, you know, I want you to stop drinking or I want you to stop watching those R rated movies, or I want to like, like I've already been through that in my walk with the Lord and early, you know, and those are great, amazing things that sometimes God will just say, Hey, let this go. But it's in the surrendering as you mature in the Lord. And I have so far to go, but it's in the surrendering, even the things that you value, even sometimes the things that you think are godly, even some it's, it's learning to lean into the voice of God and say, God, whether this is good and you have something better or you're asking me to release this for this season, God, I'm just going to trust you in it all. I'm yeah. going to trust you, not just giving you the bad things that are sinful, but what about the good things that I'm putting my hand to, but I'm saying yes to so many things mm -hmm. and not leaning into your voice. Like, what about those things? And yeah. so that's what I found has been the hardest for me to release is the good things.
Yeah. And there's so many good things. You know, it reminds me too of going back to a season four or five years ago where it didn't make sense. You know, we left everything and moved mm -hmm. from into Colorado to come out and plant a church um, with so many amazing people. And then there was a season where I remember being in the gym, Jamie, um, and you were on a treadmill, a few treadmills up above me with some other friends and you were running and, and I was walking and I'm like, Lord, I just want to run right now. And I really really felt like I heard the Holy Spirit speak to my heart and say, it's not a season for you to run right now. Mm. So, you know, my friends are running, running, running. Well, I want to be up there with my friends running, running, running. But, you know, being sensitive to, to that, even when it didn't make sense. And, mm -hmm. and I remember even the, the Lord, the Holy Spirit just speaking to me at one point where, you know, when you're serving and you're coming alongside and you're doing all these amazing things for the Lord. And um, I remember thinking, hearing, feeling like I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and saying, you gave up a position, not a birthright. Like we have a birthright mm -hmm. in the kingdom of God, where we are children of God, men and women of God, mm -hmm. first and foremost, above everything else. Like you're talking about, you okay. know, is to champion the intimacy with Christ along the way. One of the things in this season of life that um, that the Lord is continuing to work on me too is just, you know, you think of the scripture, um, the scripture in Isaiah 54, where it talks about uh, enlarging your tent stage, yeah. enlarging enlarge the place of your tent and let this let them stretch forth the curtains of your habitation spare not lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes and when i think about that and i think about you in writing this book or everybody any of our listeners that feel like how do i expand how mm -hmm. do i doing what I'm doing, but then make room for writing or speaking or teaching or whatever it is that God's calling us to. And when I, I've been studying the scripture for the last few weeks, because when we start to expand our tent stakes and expand the curtains, sometimes we have to pull up tent stakes and move to make room. Sometimes we have to deepen yeah. some tent stakes to make sure that the stability is there. And so there's movement that's happening. And sometimes he calls us to lift up and to pull out so that he can expand more. Yep. And um, I'm hearing you, you know, say that, that sometimes we have to make room and we have to let go of some really great, good, godly things that our hands are being put to, to be mm -hmm. room for more. Yeah, I would agree like 100% i just it's it's oh uh, it's just knowing the holy spirit trusting that you hear his voice is so important you know being surrounded by um like godly counsel and mentorship and i mean it's just there's just there's no greater greater way to walk than walking in alignment with the Lord. And you feel it when you are in a line, it's like a hips out of joint mm. and you're doing it, but it's very painful. There's not the grace there. You know, um, it's like so much effort on your part. Um, and then when, when you're walking in alignment with God, it's still hard. Like you were saying, it's still hard. It's still a lot of work you still look at someone's life and you're like, how in the world, the only way I can explain that is God. But for you walking in alignment is like, there's just a greater ease. It's like you're taking God's yoke instead of your yoke. And he said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. It doesn't mean you aren't carrying a yoke because 
he does say you're still carrying, but you're carrying my yoke. My yoke is easy. My yoke is or burden is light. And so it's just, there's a shift in that. And so, you know, I would just encourage anyone who's listening, you know, um, I didn't think I could do it. <laughs> and I still, I still am walking, walking in faith like daily, but I would say saying yes to God is not a one-time thing. It's not like you give your heart to God and that's the only time you say yes to him. He is going to continually throughout your lifetime, ask really big asks from you. And he's going to ask you to give up some stuff that you really love and are passionate about. And in those moments, it's like you're taking Isaac to the altar and you're saying, God, are you going to resurrect this thing? God is a good great God. He has your best interest in heart in relationship to his kingdom. And all he wants you to do is trust him, like believe him, surrender your life to him and then follow him courageously. And I believe that as we do, if we all did that, I think the gospel would be preached in this world and people would come to know God at an accelerated rate because we don't care about status. We don't care about position. All we care about is intimacy and obedience with God. And we're championing others towards full obedience with Jesus. And his name is going to be known. His word is going to be declared. And I just think that, I mean, an element of revival is just in that, like just let everything else go and start being intimate with God and hearing his voice and responding obediently and your world will change and the world around you will change. So that's what I'm excited about. Amazing. Yes. Amen. 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 May it be. Well, yeah. uh, as we seek to wrap up here, uh, yeah. Jamie, how could someone get a hold of your books or, or what you've written? Where, where could people find that? Yes. Awesome. You can get that on Amazon if you want. Um, it's just, my last name is just so weird. It's Czech. So it's Jamie, J-A-M-I-E. And then my last name's Klusacek, K-L-U-S-A-C-E-K. And so um, the books are Just Be Courage to Walk. I have another one coming out in the fall called Confident Woman. It'll be the same format as my first two books. Um, and then I also have a website. So jamieklusacek.com. You can get it there. You can message me on Instagram, really wherever. Just my last name is hard. I don't know how else to, how else to say it. Awesome. Well, yeah, go ahead and check out Jamie's content. Uh, she said jamieklusacek.com or on Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, really incredible uh, content that will inspire you. And visually and with print. Uh, and be with all print. in for Jesus, up close to him, and live a life of impact in your mm -hmm. everyday places. Um, Melissa, anything else that you would say before we wrap up? I am just so thankful, Jamie, to have spent the last hour with you. Thank you for sharing your heart for God. You've encouraged, you've inspired. Um, I just want to leave here and go get time alone with God. And so thank you for your heart um, to, to love God and to love others so well. Awesome. Well, thank you all for joining this episode of Fuel for the Harvest and tuning in. Uh, if this has inspired you or challenged you in some way, uh, we ask that you would please kindly share this on social media so that others can get in on what God is up to as well uh, through Fuel for the Harvest and Forge. Uh, God bless you guys and see you next time.